G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Ask Alex, our Alex Cook uh, guest joining us today. Alex, special welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Great to be back, as always. Hey, Alex, it is budget night in uh, Australia and uh, all sorts of things will be announced. Uh, There's all sorts of things that have been released a little earlier, perhaps to just sweeten up the Australian population. Uh, Measures in the federal budget in a time when the cost Mm -hmm. of living is rising and uh, we've been talking about all sorts of issues around the thought that most Australians just live month to month. And our discussion has been about controlling our spending and having a spending plan and such things. I wonder whether if we touch on some of those sorts of issues that we've been talking about in laying a foundation, a a kingdom wealth foundation, uh, whether we might just recount one or two points on, on how we actually deal with our spending. Any thoughts here? Yeah, look, absolutely. Look, to me, uh, having a spending plan, if you like, and how we spend money is really um, a critical starting point for most people's finances. You know, we've been calling this series that foundation series because it is a foundational issue, uh, particularly from a Christian perspective, because the the Christian belief uh, is that the money we have is God's. And therefore, how we spend our money, and this is a really important point, is how we spend our money actually reflects our attitude to God. That may sound tough, but it is is the reality. And in fact, um, I often use the the saying, uh, I heard this, I think, 10 years ago from a pastor, and that is that your bank statement is like a theological document. You know, a theological document is like a statement of beliefs. And your bank statement, in many uh, senses, is very similar because a bank statement and your credit card statements really reflect your priorities. They really reflect what you truly believe. You know, if we say uh, that we're Christian and that we believe that we should be generous, is that reflected in the way we spend our money? Do we prioritize God's kingdom? Do we see eternal things as being of far greater importance uh, than earthly things? And of course, our spending plan, if you like, very much uncovers that. You know, it's kind of uncovering uh, to some degree what's in our hearts. And so it's an important thing. And I say to, to, to Christians, really, a spending plan is your first active stewardship. It's basically sort of sitting down and saying, you know what, here's what's coming into my household, you know, from whatever my various sources are, whether it's my employment, my Centrelink, my investments, etc. And then saying, what am I going to do with what God has put in my hands? How how am I going to use it? You know, obviously I need to meet my needs and my family's needs, but what am I going to do next? How am I going to be a good steward of that? What am I going to sow into? What are the things uh, that God is putting on my heart to be a good steward with that money that he's put into my hands. So that really is the, if you like, the gist of a, a spending plan. Alex, just to get that little correlation with what's going on nationally tonight, uh, you talk about you know the way we spend money individually, reflecting our attitude to God. You talk about our bank statements being a theological type of a document. 
I wonder whether there's some sort of correlation to what will happen with the federal budget tonight. Does that reflect a nation's attitude to God? Does that reflect a theological document when the treasurer brings down a budget? Is there something we can draw from that? Look, I think I think there probably is. I mean, I think uh, when you look at um, how governments deal with budgeting these days, it's very much. I mean, look, obviously we're in a in an election year, so very much the budget is going to be more probably leaning towards the spending side. To uh, you know, it's no secret that politicians spend money to uh, to get votes. That's not a that's nothing new in society. Um, but the reality is. Um, the government and how it spends its money very much reflects its priorities. And if you've ever received, you know, your tax statement from the ATO at the end of each year when they when you do your tax return, it actually breaks down how your taxes are used. You know, it says this is how much has gone in social security, this is how much has gone in education and defence. It's actually really it's fascinating to read it because you actually see what the government prioritises, and of course. That, that, that changes over time as our society changes and so forth. Um, of course, my, my always concern with um, when we see these budgets is that governments tend to uh, promise, promise a lot. Uh, and, of course, they're spending money that is not their own. At the end of the day, government, the money it has, is what it gets from us taxpayers. You know, all of us are contributing through our various taxes, and then the government spends it. And uh, we don't necessarily get a great say over that. And, of course, what's happened, particularly over the last sort of 10 years since the global financial crisis, as a nation, we've racked up enormous amounts of debt. And so now the government is paying huge amounts in interest. And, of course, that then raises also sorts of moral questions about what we're doing to future generations of Australians. So it very much is a an issue of how the government prioritises things, um, how it balances up the different people in society, you know, the wealthy, those in, those in need, um, the middle class, and how it's doing it. And so it's, it's a real challenge. Um, I'm glad it's not me doing it. <laughs> um, but certainly it is um, a real challenge for politicians to put together something that is going to benefit all of us as a society going forward. Well, listeners might have another question, perhaps along those lines, or on any finance topic. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Let's come back to our personal uh, foundations, uh, wealth foundations, and uh, around issues to do with stewardship and, again, and budgets too. Uh, a lot of people do budgets but then fail to stick to them. Uh, so you've got to actually be a person not just talking but have some action when it comes to your finances, Alex. That's right. Look, the key to financial success at the end of the day for, for all of us is actually how we behave with money. So obviously we need to make sure we think right, you know, think biblically. Most people, though, would acknowledge that, that they need to save. Most people, That's not an awareness issue for most people. Most of us know that we need to save in order to get ahead. So that the thinking is right, but the behaviour is often wrong. Um, and so the thing that I always say to people when it comes to finances, because most of us, you know, have our daily lives, we go off to our jobs, we're busy, um, is you should try and automate your finances so that you're automating good behaviour. So, for example, as I say, using the savings as the example, I always encourage people to try and save at least 10% of what they earn. And so most of us get paid either weekly, fortnightly or monthly and try and make it so that the day after you get paid, money is automatically moved out of your account in which, is, which is being paid and move it into a long-term savings account. So it's kind of out of sight, out of mind, and, and you don't touch it. 
because that automation process is about automating good behavior. And there's other things you can do. And you know, many people have heard of the bucket-based approach where you have a bank account for your day-to-day spending, a bank account for your expenses, like your mortgage and rent, a bank account for emergencies, you know, your rainy day fund, and then a bank account for your long-term savings. Now, I say to people, you don't want to complicate it. You want to keep it simple and workable for you in your particular situation. But the important point is about having those um, buckets, if you like, in place so that you're creating good behaviors around your money. So that, to me, is the key. Good behavior will lead to success with budgeting. Um, the one thing that can sort of sideswipe us all is the spiritual issues around money, which obviously we've covered on this program before, but things like um, making sure we don't get our identity with money or that we idolize money or that we become greedy with money because all of those things affect how we behave with money. You know, if we're impacted in that spiritual realm, it'll flow through to the natural realm and how we behave with money. Um, so that's that's the key, to get ahead with the budget. Um, make sure you have the right behaviours in place. Okay, 1-800-316-316. If you have a question, a comment or a scenario you want to run by Alex Cook, let's take a call. Jackie is in Tamworth in New South Wales. Hi, Jackie, welcome. Hello. Um, I just have a question for Alex. Um, I am at retirement age and at the moment I own my own house and I have three children um, now, what I've been thinking of doing um, is selling my house, actually, and um, my children have like a granny flat that I was going to move into because um, I'm thinking the way things are going, um, it's going to be really hard for my children. I'd rather give them money now than like in 20 years when I cark it. <laughs> okay, right. Well. So I'm just... Uh, I'm just wondering, um, you know, if I sell my house, um, I'd obviously need to invest some of it. Uh, You're Um, asking a really good question here, Jackie. Let's get Mm. a response. Alex, uh, your thoughts for Jackie here? Mm, It is a very good question. And look, I've had many conversations like this over the years with people. Um, Look... It's certainly doable because what you're saying is you go into a granny flat with your kids. Obviously, that has big ramifications for you and for them because you know you'll be uh, living with with one of them, presumably, uh, and so or you know right next door to one of them, and so that has obviously big ramifications for family, and that can be a good thing, by the way, good for the grandkids, good for good for everyone. Um, so that, that that does have plenty of uh, benefits. Um, I I like. Like what we generally teach is that it's good to have your own home as a base, kind of like your uh, fallback position, if you like. Um, An alternative may be uh, that you rent out the home and you get an income from it. You know, that could be an alternative and you live in the granny flat with them. Yeah, I'm Airbnb at the moment. Airbnb your house, yep. Yes. Yeah. And I'm staying out with my kids. Yeah, and look, giving the kids money, look, I, I know plenty of parents, my, in fact, my own included, who believe in giving money during the lifetime, so you actually see the kids benefit from it and enjoy it, and, you know, and 
obviously so that as long as it doesn't interfere in their marriages and all that kind of thing. So you've got to be careful when you give kids money. Um, but notwithstanding that, it's, it, it's certainly a very loving thing to do and help them into it. Um, if you're trying to help them into the housing market, because obviously it's extremely tough across Australia with very heavy house prices, um, I would encourage you to be really cautious there, only because what's happening now is the we've had this massive run in house prices for over the last 30 years. Interest rates are now starting to rise, and there's every chance that housing does start to, to slow down and actually turn downwards. Uh, and it may well be that they'll be able to get into the housing market in the future for less than the current crazy prices. Now, that's not a guarantee, and obviously, um, you know, it is a crazy world we're living in with uh, at the moment. Um, the only thing I'd say with you is be really prayerful and careful about what with these sort of things because they are big decisions. You know, selling the family home, yeah. giving big capital sums to your kids has big impacts on their lives and, and your own. Mm. Um, and, and obviously, as I say, living with a granny flat has big lifestyle issues for you as a family as well. Yeah. So um, yeah. do it certainly, certainly doable mm. though. Uh, Jackie, I hope that was a helpful response. Thank you so much for your help. Thank you. Jackie, thank you for your call. 1-800-316-316. If you have a question, a comment or a scenario to run by Alex Cook. Hey, Alex, it is budget night at the moment. Lots of people under lots of pressure. Cost of living rises. Just look at the cost of petrol and what's going on at the Mm. supermarket. If you are at the point where your budget is under real stress, uh, what's some practical things you can do there to just uh, eliminate some of the pressure? Mm. Look, obviously, the you know we're talking about having a spending plan, and so what I find with most people is they've never sat down and actually put it in writing and taken the time to work out where their money is going. So that very first step is to actually identify where are you spending money. Often we have a general idea, you know, you have a sort of feeling as to where your money's going, but what you want to do is actually write it down put it in a spreadsheet and actually see where your money's going. Um, and what I would encourage people to do is actually track it for a month. So you know, write it down, get your bank statements and credit card statements and put it all down, but also literally jot it down for a month so you can see all what I call the miscellaneous expenses we spend money on, whether it's you know the cup of coffee in the morning or the pharmacy, that kind of thing. So once we know that, we can then say, right, now I can cut out some waste. You know, Is there things there that... You know, it's really, I don't really need that. Now, this is not about becoming stingy because God is a loving father. He wants you to actually enjoy what he puts into your hands. But it's also about being sensible and cutting out things that really we don't need. Then what you can do is then start trying to little build little buffers into your budget, you know. Try and start saving a little. Now, for some people, I know, listen, you might be thinking, I think, well, I've only got a really small amount. Even if it's a tiny amount, like 1% or it's $100 a month, start building that in and getting into that habit of saving and so forth. So there are little things you can do. Also, you know, surf around. Look for discounts for things. Automate your finances, as I mentioned before. But very critical to all of this is don't neglect to put God first with your finances. When people come under pressure, um, people often withhold. We tend to, you know, do things the world's way, which is that withholding sort of thing, rather than doing it God's God's way. You know, Matthew 6.33, one of my favorites, says, you know, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be be added unto you. That's not to negate that, you know, we all face trials in our life and challenges, but it's merely to say that with our finances and with your spending plan, you have an opportunity to put God first with your finances. And certainly my belief is that when we do put God first, 
um, and we, we hand it over to him, we surrender to him, he then takes care of us and helps us through whatever season we find ourselves in. Um, but it's important to have that surrendering. Alex, just for the last two or three minutes of our conversation, uh, it is budget night tonight. Uh, any thoughts on what we might anticipate in tonight's federal budget? Mm. Well, as you know, they tend to drip feed these things out in the media uh, in the week or two prior to it. Probably the big one that's been touted and I think will probably be a massive uh, relief to a lot of people is the fact that they've sort of alluded, not guaranteed, but alluded to a temporary fuel excise cut. Currently, when you're buying petrol, you're paying somewhere around 44 cents a litre in excise, what they call excise duty. Um, and uh, what they're talking about doing, and this is the you know the alleged amount, is that they're going to reduce that to 20 cents per litre. So they'll basically halve it. If that happens, obviously that's going to take a lot of pressure off people who, you know, we're a nation of, it's a very, you know, big spread out nation. A lot of us use our cars to get around, get to work and so forth. So that will certainly help. Um, The one which I was surprised here is the beer excise cut. Um, I don't think we need to spend more on beer, but nonetheless, um, that was one that has been touted. but another financial one that's interesting, and uh, and you know we're talking about home ownership before with uh, Jackie from Tamworth, where you know she's talking about selling a home and helping her kids. Um, one that's been around, it was sort of announced I think 12 months ago, but it's been expanded now is what's called the Home Guarantee Scheme, uh, and this is a scheme that enables first home buyers to get into the housing market with just a five percent deposit but with no lender's mortgage insurance, which is something that the banks make you pay if you're borrowing more than, um, if you're borrowing more than 80% of the money. So they've announced that they're expanding that to 50,000 people, uh, and, uh, and so that, well, that'll be increased. Now, this is one I actually <laughs> disagree with the government on because a lot of government policy, they talk about housing affordability, which is great. You know, we need more affording ho- uh, affordable housing in, in Australia. But really what this sort of does is gets people in to the housing market in a very leveraged position, making them very vulnerable um, if things go wrong. And of course, it means puts taxpayers at risk. It puts all of us at risk in the sense that we're the ones that we're the risk if these people default because the government's guaranteeing it. So this it's an interesting one. Um, it'll be attractive to a lot of people who are keen to get into the housing market. Um, but I just warn people to be cautious about these schemes because they often drive the cost of housing upwards, not downwards. They sound good in theory, but they're in practical reality. Um, they can they just probably do more long term harm than anything else. Um, so there are others out there like increasing pension and welfare payments and so forth that we're expecting to be brought forward. Um, so look, it, it, it is an election budget, so you'd expect um, the government to be handing out uh, more than they would otherwise would in a non-election year. Yes, an election year budget. The Treasurer will hand that down tonight. And uh, just to preempt a conversation tomorrow, Alex is joining us to be part of a panel as we debrief on what the budget contains. And so for listeners uh, to 2020, you'll know the sort of approach we take, a Christian and biblical foundation for how we might look at the budget as it is delivered tonight Uh, that conversation coming tomorrow uh, after the treasurer uh, brings down the budget tonight alex cook founder of wealth with purpose always great getting your insights Uh, you can connect with alex at wealthwithpurpose.com free ebooks the my toolkit 
I guess some of those budgeting things that you're talking about today, there's some good guidance and some resources there for listeners to be able to access. You can also follow Alex on Facebook and Twitter. You can send him an email for uh, the Ask Alex segment. Ask Alex at wealthwithpurpose.com. Alex, thanks so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. My pleasure. Thanks, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.